Uni Taster Days proudly presents The Uni Guide For students, parents and teachers This is the guidance podcast you need to support you with all things about university Welcome back listeners to episode 9 of The Uni Guide Here's some short snippets to give you a clue of what we're going to be discussing in this episode parents have the biggest influence on a child's education and careers decisions and so I think we do massively um impact the decisions that our young people make um a lot of people have not been to university and they're just not aware of the options that are available to them basically what do you want to be doing in 10 years time I think it's about striking a balance you know it, it was quite eye-opening as well I think we think we know what it's like but you don't actually know, know what it's like until you start going through it that's right in this episode we're going to be talking about parental engagement and the importance of it and to do so, I'm going to welcome back my trusty co-host, John. John Cheek, how are you? Hi, Tim. Hi, Kate. Really looking forward to this, looking at parental engagement, a really, really important subject. And we're a guest I know really well from Teesside University who will shortly introduce herself. So really looking forward to this. Hi, Tim. Hi, Kate. Thank you, John. And our guest today, I'm really pleased to say, is a warm welcome to the Unique Guide podcast, Kate Nelson. Kate, would you just like to introduce yourself to our listeners um, just a little bit about you, maybe your your story and um, anything you'd like to share. Okay, uh, thank you very much for inviting me to take part today. Um, I hope I've got some useful invite, insights for you. Um, I've worked in higher education now for 22 years in a range of roles, starting off in um, admissions. I've worked in student recruitment team for 15 years and then I've moved into marketing. So I do marketing for the for the student recruitment team. Um, prior to that, I worked in the NHS and prior to that, I worked in the petrochemical industry in a range of different roles but yeah been at Teesside for, for quite some time now um, mainly in, in student recruitment. One of the most important things though about Kate is obviously you're a parent anything you want to kind of share here as well as working in higher education you're you're a parent of a year nine I believe. Yes, she's in um, She's in year nine. She has just gone through the process of actually choosing her options, um, which was which was quite fun. Um, but from, you know, it, it was quite eye opening as well. I think we hear a lot working in university and um, we think we know what it's like, but you don't actually know, know what it's like until you start going through it. So, yeah, that's that's where we are. That's where Holly is, I guess, in her school journey. So, Kate, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are parents and guardians, and they might have you know, various concerns about university and, and what you know, their son and daughter might go on to do. What do you think is the kind of the biggest concerns from your experience, both at Teesside, but also as a parent you know, of, of Holly in year nine? What would you say the biggest concerns parents might have? Affordability, the cost of going to university. I think the figures that that universities talk about the figures that appear in the news um, can be quite scary. You know, when you're, you're talking about £9,250 a year for academic study, that's a lot of money. Um, you know, when you're talking about, you know, with the cost of living and things going on now, if students are wanting to move away from home, you know, you've got accommodation costs, living costs, all of that. And I think just affordability is something that parents and guardians and rightly so um is something that they are concerned about at the moment and if i jump in there kate because it's a, it's a subject that i you know I, I completely agree with you and, and we did some research looking at barriers to university for students and 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 finances is the biggest one you know whether you're talking to students whether you're talking to parents 
But it's actually, I don't know if you would agree with this, Kate, but it seems to be that like, the one area that that people perhaps don't know so much about and they therefore read or hear, in, you know, hear on TV that the university is this amount of money and and it's going to cost this amount of money. But there's there's not so much information in relation to the actual student finance package they might have. And and we actually covered this, you know, student finance in an earlier podcast, if if you wanted to refer back as, as listeners to it. But do you think there's a there's an information gap in terms of, of what you know parents are told in relation to how student finance works? Absolutely. I think they don't they're not hearing that message until their young person is starting in, in college. Um and I think that we need to be getting that information out a lot earlier. I think there's a lot of misinformation in the press as well. They don't help. Sorry, Kate, to step in there. Um, you've actually It's really time that you say that. Um, I've actually devised a 30-second challenge for you both. So with within 30 seconds, can you list on those pens and papers in front of you as many myths as you possibly can in that time? Please play along, listeners, and off you go. Just at the halfway point now, see if you can get a few more. A few seconds left now, come on. Okay, time's up. Kate, as you're our special guest today, you can go first, of course. How many did you manage? Five. Brilliant. What are your five? My five is, can't afford it. Mm-hmm. it's only for really clever people it's all exams I've got to study something I've studied before only for young people so I'm too I'm too old to go to university brilliant thank you Kate five John how many did you manage I got four Tim so I've lost uh no Kit Kat again for me uh the Kat leads you again okay I should have won that to be fair if I'd have lost that That'd have been tragic. <laughs> <laughs> I the first ever podcast I won the Kit Kat and I've I've not won it since. Um and and Kate manage expectations, you never do get the Kit Kat. Um so my four, very similar to yours, late to cost, how much university costs. Uh oh god, not only did I lose, I now can't read my own writing. Uh John, just like to use specs. Here we go. Okay. Parents always think there's only a few courses at university. There's there's about forty thousand, so there's there's loads more than they expect. A uh, big myth often is related to applications. Parents just think that students apply directly to the university. They didn't realise stuff about UCAS where you know that that's done for you. Um, and again, can't read my writing. That uni's uh, that uni's a salesy. A lot of a lot of you know, parents I speak to will think, well, I don't want to contact them about that because they they might you know reply and 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 make it like a sales pitch, and that's just not how universities work at all. So big congratulations to Kate there, who's the winner of the Kit Kat, the first round of our challenges. I guess so sincerely though, there's a lot of myths there that you both contributed, so thank you for that. And there's many more. But um anything you'd kind of like to reflect on there, Kate, as uh, as as reigning champion at the moment? So I think um, you know, us getting out there earlier into, you know, year eleven. Uh, classes talking to parents at parents evenings about the options um, about raising awareness of tuition loans about maintenance loans about scholarships bursaries things like that is really important and especially when their young person is looking at the options to, you know what they're going to study at further education because if they're not do know that there's 
particular um, skills shortages. So there's lots of bursaries available in this particular area. You know, that could help influence what their young person might want to study at further education. So I think getting in earlier and tackling some of that misinformation um, around the costs of going to university and things like that can only be a good thing. So Kate, there's, there's various sources of information for parents and guardians that universities provide and, and at UniTastes we provide resources for parents as, as well. But as a parent yourself, how would you like information from universities to be communicated to you so so take out the fact that you work at university and maybe just treat yourself as a, a parent of, of holly and you and i how would you know in an ideal world how would you like information to be communicated to you i think i probably have to take out the fact that i work in marketing as well with, with my answer because i actually love print i love receiving things through the door um you know I, we get magazines you know love Middlesbrough magazines and I'll, I'll still sit and flick through those so for me personally I still I still do like print content so magazines flyers things like that and you know I, I'm, I'm older so I guess I'm on Facebook so anything that's on Facebook I'm I'm kind of there but yeah for me it's still very much print material um through my door the old-fashioned way no, thanks, Kate. I was just reflecting on my own kind of like time going to university quite a long time ago. And John, I think you're the same. We probably had like paper prospectuses that we would flick through uh, and look at. Obviously, we would have used online, but we wouldn't have had like the social media platforms to engage young people that there are today. But just listen to you, Kate. I guess, you know, man, with your marketing background, I mean, engaging parents and engaging kids together, I guess it's that balance between the two and and respecting that the, the big age gap in between that must be well anything you'd like to share there I just think it's a, an interesting point to, to raise yeah absolutely I mean obviously if we're you know from a marketing perspective if we're looking at engaging with young people we wouldn't be sending them things through the door necessarily but a lot of the time getting the parent getting the young person to engage means getting the parent to engage and if the parent sees something landing on the doormat you know then they're picking it up and saying oh you know so and so's got an open day on did you know about this hand it to the young person it's kind of that it's that prompt that way in isn't it really so i think for in, you know in terms of engaging with the young people themselves it's it's all about social media engaging on different social platforms engaging with the parents is something different altogether i think just it reminds me of our, our first ever episode we had Ant Sutcliffe as a guest and, and he was talking about students and, and parents and, and being hard to reach and i can just i look back and i remember one thing he said and it just kind of stuck with me is these people aren't hard to reach they we know exactly where they'll be at a certain time of the day and and actually it's it's, it's so right isn't it it's, it's providing content for people the right content in the right format when they need it and what they need and I, I think it goes back to that you know Kate you're saying like you like print and I'd say a lot of parents will be listening that, that like print media and that might not be what you now how Holly as your daughter likes to, to receive information but it does actually call out that you know universities that are providing stuff to to parents guardians do need to take into account that we're looking at a completely different audience and, and in terms of the formats we use it's, it's so different when engaging with parents and and I've got to say, I've, I've, I was actually thinking now about what we do at Uni Taste Days and, and we provide a lot of online resources for parents. We we provide a parent's guide to university brochure, which is is online. Maybe it is that we you know, look at something like that, that that's printed again. Really interesting point, Kate. Thank you for yeah. sharing. And I, I, I mean, I guess it's like you say, it is about finding that balance. You know, if I get something on my doormat, I can't avoid it. I don't have to look into my emails. I don't have to do that. It's there. 
but if I was that I would listen to for example I would listen to a podcast um if something will flick on up on social media I will watch it but I just think you can't always get away from what's actually landing on your door map. With that said then Kate in terms of kind of like events and maybe some of the events that you market and put out there do you have like a preference between maybe online delivery that, that John's mentioned his website you've got loads of stuff but he also does uh, you know in-person things as well I know John's very much an in-person person if I can say that um but what are your thoughts here just as a follow-up question I think it's about striking a balance um I think parents are busy people so you've got to make that we and we I think we do strike that balance so we have a range of events we have a lot of information available on our website we do online sessions for parents around things like student finance and funding um you know applying choosing things like that but we but we are looking we did move away from it a few years ago we are looking at reintroducing parents events face to face because I think parents do have very specific questions they do like to have somebody in in front of them um to ask those questions too um so i i think it's just a mixture it's a bit of a hybrid really you know having the options for online but also having those options for face-to-face -face as well and it does actually make me think about communications like my my daughter's six so she's a long way off you know, university but but actually in terms of parental co like communications i i get stuff from her school all the time you know, it's such a I think email is is the, the thing that people use and and the one thing that the school do and I don't know if every school does this or it's just a school she's at but they send everything as attachments and it drives me potty like you you'd have like a four line update that could just be in an email but instead you'll say please refer to the attachments like for god's sake so like it, I, I think it just goes back to looking at you know, maybe even actually having conversations with with audiences of parents and guardians and and actually, shout out to any parents and guardians listening. If you have you know, any thoughts on how you like university information to be communicated to you, very, very happy to uh, receive it. So you know, do, do send it on to us. And I promise we'll refer to it in terms of our communications on this podcast and, and things coming up. Okay, that brings us to the end of part one. Join us after this short break for part two, where we'll be looking and examining some of the experiences we share regarding parental support. Welcome back to part two of the UniGuy podcast, in which we're looking in this episode at parental support. So, Kate, another one with both your university hat on and also your parental hat on. Uh, there's loads of research and there's I, I use an example. There was a report by GTI Media that said that parents have the biggest influence on a child's education and careers decisions. And so thinking as a parent and, and Holly's in, in year nine, but would you agree with that in terms of, of influence? Yes massively rightly or wrongly um I think we do and I you know I thought I know that we talk about kind of how careers advisors and and teachers um can act as kind of that influence and, and I agree that they do have that but I think as parents we are the we are the biggest influencer in the decisions that our young people make and that's why it's really you know it's it's making sure with it our parents are informed at that right at the right stage you know making sure that they are aware of all the options that are available to their young person you know obviously I'm from Teesside University where based in Middlesbrough it's it's quite high levels of deprivation um a lot of people have not been to university and they're just not aware of the options that are available to them you know and, and they might be encouraging the young person to go out and get a job or after they've finished college or, or go and do something else because simply they just they don't know about the options that are available to them. So I think we do massively um, 
impact the decisions that our young people make. And that's, I suppose, that's going back to our earlier discussion, isn't it, around, you know, informing informing our parents at, at year 11 about the, just the massive range of options that are available. There are, there are so many, and that's why it's so important to tell people about it as you do. With that said, um, reflecting on your own kind of experience going back to your school days, how does those times compare to what what Holly's going through now? You know, when I was at school, I don't even think we had a careers event, or we might have had a careers event, and it was just the Army and the Navy that came along. Um, and, you know, we had one meeting with our careers advisor, and we used to do this test that would indicate what it was that you should do when you're older, and it said that I should be a landscape gardener, which... <laughs> you know that didn't happen and I think times have come on so much now and and students have so much access and that's great for the students I just think we need to be getting in and doing that earlier with parents so that when they are influencing their young people they've got all the information that they need to help them make those right decisions well the, the, the best decisions for them I guess yeah I was just reflecting about when I was at school and I think there's a big emphasis on people talking about subjects um, what you're good at what you like what, what you can, can you do in the future rather than maybe what skills you need to do those things and maybe look ahead to, to careers in the future. Any any thoughts there, Kate? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that we, we talk about a lot are subjects. What subjects do you enjoy? What type of qualification do you want to do? We don't talk about skills and we don't necessarily talk about careers. You know, we might be saying, oh, do you want to study maths and, and science at college but we, we're not talking about the careers that those that those um types of subjects can lead to and i think it's really important as well that we're talking about those transferable skills that students get um and that you know it doesn't necessarily going to university and studying a degree in a particular area doesn't always necessarily mean that you have to do follow that that typical career path that there's a lot of what we call soft skills transferable skills that students get studying at university you know that the learn communication skills they learn how to work as part of a team they learn project management they learn how to debate you know there's so many of the soft skills that, that, that they're learning and I think that we don't really talk about that as much as what we should do and I don't think we're really referring that back to the types of careers that our young people can go into if we can say to them this is the career you can work in these are the skills that you need. These are the, the the subjects that you need to be studying. We kind of always seem to do it the other way around. You know, what subjects are you studying at college, at, at school? Right, do you want to study them at college? Right, do you want to study them at university? It's actually, these are the types of jobs that I'm interested in. What subjects would I need to do to get into them? What skills do I need to do that? Yeah, uh, really interesting points. And actually, one one thing that Kate said that I thought was fantastic is is about making it a conversation and and, and parents and guardians having a conversation when it comes to you know different careers that what subjects might lead to in the future. And and I have to say one, you know, just from a, my own personal perspective, just as an example, my like I when I was picking universities, I I knew I wanted to go to university because my two sisters went and. And to be honest, I didn't have anything better to do at that point, if I'm absolutely honest. And and therefore, I went to university and. And I can always remember, I've, I've probably said this story before on the podcast, but I always remember going in to see my head of sixth form and saying, look, I want to go to university. Don't know what, what I don't know what I want to do when it comes to a course. And and he pulled out this book, you know, showing my age and, and said the two areas, John, that's up and coming is business law and human resources, went away and ended up finding a course that's business law with human resource management. Now, I enjoyed it. I gained loads of transferable skills, which, you know, Kate mentioned transferable skills and they're great. 
but the course wasn't right for me. I, mean, I had a lovely time at uni, but but I wouldn't pick the same course if I did it again. And I think that's where parents can can really help. And and I'm not sure my parents will be listening to this, so I can say this. And and, and they you know, did a cracking job. But they one thing they didn't do is talk to me about university. And and I think actually if they had you know, conversations like Kate mentioned about you know, what do you want to do as a job in the future, what might you need to get to that job, I might have thought about it a little bit more and perhaps picked a, a course that, that was more relevant to me and I, I think for parents and guidance listening that's that's one thing that i you know speaking that someone that's been through university worked with universities that i'd recommend is is you know, have, have conversations and and also don't be that parent that kind of says you should do this and you should do that and we've all been at you know, kate probably relates to this as well at careers fairs where the parent does all the talking and and says little jimmy wants to be a doctor and you think little jimmy doesn't want to be a doctor and and it's it's, it's perhaps making a conversation talking to them about what they want to do but making it led by the student and and what they want to do long term I can relate to what John was saying, to be honest. My parents didn't my parents didn't actually go to university. They weren't really aware of what options were available um to me. So I kind of left school and didn't really have a plan, to be honest. Um I spent the six weeks sat around, not really thinking about what I wanted to do. And then we thought about what I enjoyed and I ended up doing a really irrelevant course. Um and then I actually fell into doing an apprenticeship. So I did my level two and three apprenticeship. Um, and it was in a, a firm and I got to kind of go into lots of different departments and experience lots of different areas of working, which was great. And that worked for me. Um, and I think it's really important that, you know, if I'm honest, I wouldn't have done particularly well doing A-levels. I'm not a particularly academic person. I wouldn't have done particularly well at A-levels. I wouldn't have done great at university. And I think it's about recognising that within our young people. It's OK to say to them, you know what? further education might not be for you or university might not be for you and you know making sure that they're making the right decisions and that there's I think there is a, such so much pressure on young people now that this is the course this is what you need to do and it's not always right for them and that's okay um it's about you know recognizing for me recognizing what, what Holly's good at what she enjoys where her strengths are and not kind of putting the pressure on her to choose any particular any particular pathway she's 14 she's got a lot of time to think about what she wants to do and for me like I've said before it's that she does something she she enjoys really um I that pathway wasn't right for me I won't try and influence her one way or another she's got to find her way and if it's the non-academic route if so to speak if you like and that's absolutely fine I'm not going to pressure her to go that way it's about what she enjoys and I think that's the crux of it really isn't it it's what do they enjoy what do they want to do and then making the right decisions for them based on that yeah some brilliant points again there Kate 100% agree I think it's good to point out as well you know if you think of a career so let's say um, student your child wants to be a paramedic for example there's different ways in to that industry to that career now it might take a different length of time using those different qualifications so for example um, a degree or going and doing more kind of like vocational um, routes in but there's different there's different avenues to get you know where you want to be. You don't have to just go to do a university degree. It doesn't have to be that that traditional route. There's so many so many ways that young people can can kind of access education now. It's not that traditional way, and it's just about exposing our young people to to those different options, to those different routes. You know, not discouraging them from university as well. I think some people think that oh, I've got to be really really clever to go to university not that you don't you've just got to work hard okay that brings us to the end of part two join us after this short break for part three 
where we'll be providing the all-important hints, tips and resources from John and our guest, Kate. Welcome back to part three of the Uni Guide. This is an episode where we're talking about parental engagement. John, you've got a story about you know how parents, teachers can start that conversation with that young person, haven't you? Did we just start there? So one thing that I heard an, an academic that was speaking to a, a parent of a student saying it, going back probably about 15 years ago, and I just thought it was brilliant advice. And it, well, if you are you know, a parent and guardian listening and, and want to go down the make it a conversation route, the academic said, and it's just stuck with me, that, that rather than you know talking to students and say, what do you want to do when you're older? What do you want to be when you're older? What's older? Like they, He said, always put a time on it. So he said how he always approaches conversations is he said, basically, what do you want to be doing in 10 years time? And then if you can have a, a, an idea, Kate, you could be a landscape gardener or do the complete opposite and work with petrol and all that that you said about right at the start. You, you can, but if you've got a 10 year time frame, you can actually think, of, well, if I want to get to that point in 10 years, which is still is not easy to do, but you can then start thinking about what you can do in between to, to get there. And, and for students, you know, say for, you know, Holly, who's, who's currently in year nine, it might go down to which option choices she picks for the, you know, if, if say if, if, if in 10 years time she wanted to, she had a good idea that she wanted to do a certain job in the future. It might be looking at which option choices might help her at GCSE, which GCSE grades might help, what A-levels, if she does A-levels and, and if university is right or not. And I know, you know, it's, that's still really difficult for students to do and, and it's not an easy thing for them to think about. But I think if they do think about it and just spend a bit of time thinking about it, it could actually really help them in terms of their, their futures. No, thank you, John. We both agree here. Um, I'm going to give you another challenge. John, this is another chance to redeem yourself from part one. Um, I'm going to give you 30 seconds because I think it'll be good if, if you can list as many as many things that parents need to know about university. If you can aim for five, but you've got 30 seconds, off you go and see how many you can list in that time. Here you go. seconds left now come on okay time's up Kate you can go first as your special guest and the current champion of this episode how many did you get I only got four this time I'm a bit disappointed you've got four how many did you get John got five Tim oh he's looking smug he's got five so it's going to be a kit kat a piece by the looks of it okay in this case then i'm going to go to john first and then we'll go back to kate to see if there's any difference john fire away please i slightly cheated if i'm honest because um mine are fairly linked so uh sorry kate but you could have cheated too um so i've stuck to student finance so rather than just saying parents need to know about student finance i've kind of gone for themes around that so Parents need to know that there's a 40-year repayment term. So if students on the new system, which started for students that are starting university in September 2023 onwards, students have 40 years to repay their student loans. If they don't clear it within 40 years, it's wiped. And the second one is many parents don't realise how student loan thresholds work. And therefore, again, on the September 2023 onwards system, and sorry to say that, but it has changed very recently, uh, students need to earn £25,000 before they start paying back their student loans. And it's 9% of anything they earn above that that they, they pay, repay on. Uh, the third one is, for a second, Tim, I thought I've only got four, but that's cool. Um, I have still beat your case. So that's nice. John, just hold up your card just so I can check and verify VAR. 
Okay, so the, the third one I can I can verify that you've got here, just reading your writing, it is bad, isn't it? That university gradu graduates typically earn more than those who didn't go to university, so that's a good one to have. Thank you, John. What is your fourth? Uh, I think the fourth thing is that university is life-changing um, for many, many students, and I think it's such an opportunity that students have ahead of them, so it's, a, it's, a, it, it's for students to find out about you know, whether it's right for them, but for some students, myself included, very much life-changing. And the fifth one, and it's, it's I've obviously got you know, a slight agenda when I say this because it's about university events, but it's that university events are great. And it's such a brilliant opportunity for parents, students, teachers, if any student, the teachers are listening to find out more about university and, and whether that's open days, summer schools, many of which are topics we've covered on this podcast. Events are brilliant and they are there for students to take advantage of, but parents as well. No, thank you, John, and credit where it's due. Here's your Kit Kat. That's one each. Um, Kate, I just wondered if you had any more. You look like you've got a, a few that were different to John. It'd just be good to share them. Um, one of mine was there's lots of support available at university. I think sometimes one of the things parents worry about is that they think their young person's going to go off to going to go to university. And there's going to be no one there to help them. You know, at T side, and I imagine most of the universities we've got such a massive support package that covers everything from mental health, counselling, finance, well-being, lifestyle, um, academic support. So I think it's you know that once your young person gets here there is lots of support available to help them um the other one on my list was it can be really you know we were talking about affordability earlier on it can be really expensive if you want to go and visit kind of three or four university open days with a young person it can be really expensive um universities do offer some universities not all depending on where you want to go do offer um, help with transport costs and getting there. So it's always worth having a look um, at the university open days that you're interested in going to and seeing if there's any help available um, for transport costs. And my other one was around student finance, but it was what we are, John, there, can't afford uh, student finance. Yeah, you don't need to pay anything up front. I think a lot of parents think that you know, they need to find all this money and they need to pay it up front. You don't. You apply through Student Finance England for your tuition fee loans. Um, you apply for it every year. And like John said, you don't pay, your young person won't start to pay it back until they've finished university and they're earning over 25000 So you don't need to pay anything up front. No, thank you, Kate, for sharing. We've got quite a few there between us, didn't we? Um, I'm just trying to think as well, if you're having those conversations and... Um, and you come into you know talking about these these key things about university decisions don't forget we have our jargon buster which you've created john haven't you just like to give a bit of a shout out to that uh, for those who aren't aware from previous episodes we produce at uni taste days a jargon buster which is unitastedays.com forward slash jargon buster so if there is certain as parents guardians students if there's certain terms you run into in terms of university you don't know what it is uh, you're welcome to use that jargon buster and you, it's, it's very interactive you literally just put a word in and it, even if you haven't got the exact word it'll make suggestions for you and it will really help and and one thing to note with there if we don't have the the piece of information you're looking for let us know because we're also adding to it and we do you know, like requests and all sorts so um, hopefully it'll be a really useful resource for you absolutely just get in touch and we will do our best to help you out john just like to close the episode no, just say a big thank you, Tim. Big thank you, Kate. Really enjoyed being part of this. If any you know, parents are listening and want more information, we produce at Uni Taster Days a parents guide to university brochure, which you can access at unitasterdays.com forward slash parents. I mentioned about the jargon buster, which is unitasterdays.com forward slash jargon buster. 
there's loads and loads and loads of free resources for parents at uni taste days and we've got a, a dedicated section for you including of course this podcast Thank you very much for having me. I hope I've provided um, some useful insights. And if you want, we can redo this podcast in a couple of years' time when Holly is 22 years old and we can see where she is. Thanks again, Kate. We'll hold you to that and all the best. You've been listening to The Uni Guide, the guidance podcast you need to support students with university decisions. If you have any comments, suggestions to ask a question or absolutely anything else, do contact us using info at unitasterdays.com. Stay tuned, like and share, and as always, take care. This podcast was produced by Tim Rowe for Unitaster Days.